I had it my way, I would spend more time outside of the country than I do at home. But unfortunately, I have life and responsibilities here in Canada. That being said, I started this podcast to help other couples who want to travel and who have never had the opportunity or have never gained the confidence to get out on the road. So I thought, who better to have on the podcast today than my travel partner, Andrew Martell, who is my partner in life and on the road. So we're answering 20 questions for a traveling couple. Kayla on the Road, the podcast is all about sharing stories about life on the road and at home as a digital nomad. Through stories, tips, and interviews, I want to inspire you to create your own travel memories by taking the overwhelm out of planning. Join me every week for a beer and a laugh as I recount some of my favorite travel stories, even the not-so-perfect ones, all while chatting logistics about planning your next or first trip abroad. Hey, and welcome to episode 24 of Kayla on the Road, the podcast. I'm your host, Kayla, and this lovely human sitting beside me is my partner, Andrew. Um, How are you doing, Andrew? I'm doing well, Kayla. Happy to be here in good, our basement. Good, good, yes. So I wanted to sit down and answer some common questions for travelers, but answer it from the perspective of a traveling couple. So that is why you're here today. Okay. Obviously, couples are going to have a little bit of a different point of view than someone who's traveling solo or someone who's a female traveler or someone who's traveling with their family. So this is specifically for couples. Cool? Okay. Yeah, sounds good. Cool. So most people know if you've been following me or if you've listened before, I like to start every podcast off with a beverage. So I've en- encouraged Andrew to bring his beverage today. Um, I'll start with what I'm drinking. I am drinking a Havre Saint-Pierre American Amber Ale from Four Rivers Brewery in Bathurst, New Brunswick. So another New Brunswick brewery. And Andrew, what are you drinking today? I have the Hart Brothers uh, single malt nine-year-old whiskey. Um, Yeah, just felt Getting classy. All right. Well, cheers. Mm. How is it? Cheers. Cheers. Oh, good. Well, that's nice. Mm. I think I say that every single time. Oh, that's nice. I'd like you to get a bad beer and just have to fake it or be honest about it. Just be like, oh my God, what is this? This isn't a beer at all. This one is, it's a lot different than the stuff that I normally drink. Mm. Like it's uh, darker. Have you thought about doing a different, like having like a kid's week or like kids travel, but like having like different Capri Suns (laughs) where you just be like, wow, what they did with Berry Tornado is sure is interesting. (laughs) Um, 20 grams of sugar. (laughs) Good to go. Yeah. uh, I don't, my parents never bought me Capri Sun. That no, was the thing. No, no, like, God, there's no. too much sugar in it. I've, I think we had Sunny D once, and then my parents were like, this is just pure sugar. We're going back oh, yeah. to, like, the frozen we stuff. We asked Wait, for Tang for years and years and years. <laughs> I, that's, and then I, they no, lied that's... to us and gave us something that wasn't Tang. And then when I tried Tang at a friend's house, I was very surprised just for cultural, to realize it wasn't For cultural sake, what is Tang? Because other people may use that term differently. Tang is just orange juice, correct? No, it's like a powdered orange juice. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Just clarifying. Okay. <laughs> Some people may say, my parents never gave me Tang. I never had Tang. Then I went to my friend's house and had Tang. My Anyway. <laughs> to right. You know what? Let's, uh, let's just get started. Yeah, you have your question. <laughs> I ahead. do. I do. Okay. okay. So Andrew hasn't seen many of these questions. Mm-hmm. He is kind of looking at my screen. I'm but, trying uh, not to. Trying it's not very to. Large it's very big. Yeah. Um, so let's start off with the one that you did see. Uh, and the question is, what would you say to a couple who has never left their hometown? The first question I would have asked, and I've done this before, and I think I mentioned this in episode 
three, which was the budgeting one, Mm -hmm. was, is travel even a priority for you? I'm from a small town and a lot of people there are fine with not traveling or their traveling is going an hour away or to Mm -hmm. the next town or province or, or state or whatever. So I guess for me, it would just be, A, do you want to travel? And if the answer is yes, then understanding it's like, okay, well, this is what, these are the benefits, what you can get out of it, prioritize it. So again, I, it's a tough question because again, coming from a small town, there's probably more people who just don't want to travel than people who can't afford or, or understand the steps to do it. So trying to balance that out. Okay. I, I agree. I did come from a small town. That's probably the same. Like the, a lot of the trips that you could take were pretty local. I think that the thing that I would say to someone who has never traveled outside of their hometown, um, I would ask why, like it's Mm -hmm. it. Why have you never, do you have the, like, do you want to travel outside of your hometown? And if the answer is yes, then I would tell them to start small. Yeah. I would tell them to start small. Like you don't need to book a trip to Thailand for your first experience in traveling. I'd be like comfort because at the end of the day, it's like, Hey, do you want a new car? And you've never had a car of your own and you get a sports car and you're like, this is way too fast. I'm never going back to cars again. And it's like, okay, well you should have built up to it. You should have started something comfortable and safe like a minivan and then made your way to it. Totally. Another thing to remember when you're traveling with a couple is that traveling is much different than being at home. And even though you might spend tons and tons of time with this person at home, Mm just even going to the next town over and doing a couple nights in a hotel might be a good place to start because you might realize some things about this partner that you didn't realize at home. So, yeah, I would also say when you're doing traveling as a couple, you also have to consider that what you want to do in a trip is different than what the other person wants to achieve. Yeah, And that's also like you and I deciding on a paint color for a room versus (laughs) us deciding what to do for a week in a certain country is a very different discussion. Yeah. For sure. So that, that's the balance. Anyway, we could spend probably an hour on an episode of that, <laughs> so we can move forward. All right. This one is an easy one. Okay. Number two is how many countries have you visited? I have a list and I think it's nine. Okay. Because I feel like you're, I know yours. I'm 18. You're 18. So yep. I feel like I'm, I think I'm actually half. So I'm going to try to do the nine real quick. Which is Canada, US, Thailand, Vietnam, China, the UK or or England, India, Mexico. Shit, I'm at eight. Am I missing one? Yeah. Do you know what it is? Yeah. We went there two years ago. Costa Rica. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Okay, so I've been to 18. Um, I'm not going to go through all my 18, but I'll go through the ones that we've been to together as a couple. Which were mostly my nine. (laughs) Which No, okay. So yeah, actually most of them. It's literally the only one's India. Yeah, the only one I have. Okay. So yeah, we've been to eight couples eight countries together. Um, And our first country together would have been the United States or Canada. Well, Canada, but yeah. I don't think I count Canada. Well, I count Canada if like, because we've been here, but But we've also traveled traveled to other parts. Right. Question two. We got to keep traveling. All right. (laughs) Number three, what or who do you miss the most when you travel? I'm not going to answer a who question because I feel like my parents would be upset if I said one of them and not the other or something like (laughs) that. Um, I would definitely say what, and that would be routine. Um, and if I were to also drill down would definitely be our own bed. Uh, cause after a while I'm like, this is fine, but also none of these beds match, you know, like <laughs> I spent money on a bed. We I'm did, not going to like, yeah. I'm not going to be like, Oh yeah, whatever. Just throw me on like a sheet of rocks. Like kind of like that. One of the first things that we did 
when we got together was we went bed shopping. Yeah, but I, I think for me, it would be routine. I think to okay. eventually, now I don't say that's always the case, or at least it's not always early on, but like eventually it's like, I kind of miss like our own routine. I miss the parts of our house. I miss video mm. games. Like it's just like being yeah. able to access our life. I miss that. I do miss our bed mm-hmm. because it is special. And I do miss... Uh, Things like video games. I think the number one thing that I miss when I go away, especially if I'm in a foreign country, Mm -hmm. is uh, the food that I'm used to. Mm. Even when we went to Thailand, I think we got to like the second week and I was like, I love this food. It's great. I could eat pad thai every day, Mm. but I want a pizza and I Uh, want a good pizza. See, for me, it was like when we did, well, when I did India and then also when we did Vietnam was like breakfast foods. I just want eggs and toast and bacon and like hash browns <laughs> like i just want that so that that to me i find was always like the meal where it was the biggest difference where like dinner you're like give me pad thai give me pho like i'm good yeah yeah all right on to number four do you feel more comfortable sleeping in your own bed or a hotel bed oh well if it's that's different if it was a hostel that wouldn't even be on my list hotels are good for like a little bit but then after a while you're just kind of like Okay, I can see these four walls and this is it. Like the the bed no longer becomes the beauty of it. It feels like you're just kind of like isolated. You're like contained within the hotel. Yeah. But like if I had to, I, I, I would say our bed. Like obviously. Yeah. It has my I like the, like, uh, I, yeah. I like the, uh, like the excitement of being in a different bed. Oh yeah. Sounds really that's just, that's just like but change in general. Yeah, though. Change it's just in like general. any, any minor change of like when we've gone to hotels where it's like for a night, you're just like, oh my God what are we going to do? And then it's just like us playing video games in a hotel bed. Like it's, it's just a change of scenery. Is there anything, I know this isn't a question on the list. It's just kind of like an add on question. Is there anything that you do when you go away to make a hotel bed feel more like home? Pillows. You bring pillows? No, I don't bring pillows, but I check. Well, I don't check. That sounds like I'm really shitty about it, but (laughs) I am used to a certain height with like neck pillows and like, and how many pillows that I have. So typically, like at home, I'll do two pillows because I know the size. But like mm-hmm. hotel rooms, they like f- double fluff them. So you're just like, I only need one. And then yeah. sometimes you also have the hotel room uh, pillows that it's like your head starts here. And then it's just like a deflated mattress by the end of the night. And you're like, <gasps> that is true. Ooh, I will say the other thing real quick is uh, that we don't have, but I love about hotel rooms is blackout blinds. Because those are like mm-hmm. game changers, especially because mm-hmm. it's either like it's either like blackout blinds or sheer curtains. Like there's no middle ground. Yeah. It's like, would you like to see the sun at the moment it comes up or nothing for the rest of the day? And it's like, <laughs> I guess we'll go blackout blinds. I haven't done this myself, but I've heard that it's something that's very comforting to some people uh, is to bring their own pillowcase. Mm. No, that's I feel like that's more of a germ thing, maybe. If you're like a little bit more concerned with like, like, I don't know, like but it's everyone has like, their own reason. Like if you're used to a certain thread count or something, you may not be able to get it on. What? So, We're going like really high class yeah. people here. What is a thread count uh, in this hotel room? Well, that's the thing. You may not be able to get it in your sheets, but if you can have it on your face and stuff, that's probably I nice. Guess. Or if you're one of those people that sleeps with like the special pillowcase that like is silk so you don't get wrinkles. I don't know. That's a thing. Okay. But that might make it feel a little bit more like home. Anyway. If you're worried about that. Get me with the next one. All right, number five. Oh my God, we're only at five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you travel more by car, plane, or boat? Lifetime wise would be car. Yeah. But I think for our trips would have been would have been plane. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I may have asked the question wrong because I think I did ask the question wrong. Oh. Which one do you prefer? Plane. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm well. Again, 
boat what is this what is this are we trying are we fur traders like, what boats. is this option um yeah i love boats too but i mean like travel by boat like we're not canoeing down the saint lawrence river well no i'm thinking more like cruise ship yacht yeah definitely not um i would say plane because i'm typically the driver and if i'm not the driver i'm the nervous passenger so with a plane i'm never just like i don't know if i trust this pilot like because like, you can't be, like you're not a pilot so you can't even yeah well, it, well also i don't think anyone was on a plane being like i hope this guy knows what he's doing like you kind of <laughs> just go with that expectation so for me it's like i can sit back relax i can watch shows i can read i yeah. can sleep like there's just a lot more freedom yeah i like traveling by plane too and most of it has to do with how fast you can get somewhere mm-hmm. like it it literally extends your trip by from up to like a day to a couple days you know i think that's mm-hmm. the cool thing about it are you trying my beer that's think? actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not just saying that. I do <laughs> wish it was a Capri Sun, though. <laughs> All right. Uh, number six. Who is the most interesting person you've ever met on your travels? Oh, that's a good question. I've met a lot of people that I've, like, uh, befriended or mm-hmm. that, like, nothing, nothing like, lifelong, I would say. Or was there a certain place where you were like, oh, the people who travel here were really great? Um. Or the people who live here are really great. Oh, that's a different question. Um, but I feel so that for me though, I would say there was a weekend that I spent in the south of India at, in Goa, which is like I a. I felt like you were going to say this. Well, let, let me because it's a really touristy. It's like their Miami, like for the rest of it. It's like beaches, beautiful. Because we were there during ty- well, I was there during typhoon season, <laughs> so uh, I was like, I have to go. Like the rest of India is there's no beaches or very little, at least along like some of the city mm-hmm. um, areas. So for me, it was like, I got to, I got to go to Goa. So I went there and I knew it was going to be rainy. I knew it was going to be terrible in that, in that sense. Um, but I met a couple of travelers primarily from Australia, mm-hmm. really great friends. Like, like we, we clicked right away. We went out to like one of the clubs and, and just hung out and just kind of like, just use the term. We broed out. We just kind of were like, <laughs> I just play cards. Let's drink. Let's go to the club. Let's come back, call it a night. Like, it was just a lot of fun. And for me, it was interesting because I got the perspective of Australian travelers who for them, and I know we've done this before, but mm-hmm. like Southeast Asia and, and places like India, like for them, that is like their nearby travel. Because yeah. That's it's like, like their Mexico. Yeah. It's just like a puddle jump away. Like it's yeah. not that bad. So anyway, it was just like a really interesting and it was, they, we clicked. That was also one of the only trips that I've taken solo. Like that was the only place I've gone without you. Yeah. And it was the only time that was the only weekend that I didn't have coworkers with me because it was a work trip. Right. So right. that was the only weekend where it was actually like just me doing it. And it was, um, there was like a power outage. So we had like, it was like really dark, but we got to like play cards by like candle. It wasn't. Yeah. No, it was, like, you put like a flashlight under a vodka, under a vodka bottle, bottle. And it, like, uh, yeah, it was yeah. really cool. Um, it's so funny that you say that it was Goa because I was going to say like some of the best people that I've met and, and like, as opposed to that actual lifelong friends are the people that I met on the nomad cruise where Mm. I was also traveling solo, which kind of brings up the point that it's easier to make friends when Mm -hmm. you are traveling solo as a couple, it's less important for you to make friends on the road because you are, you always have someone there anyways. It's you're never lonely in that regard. I would say there's also the aspect around like approachability, (laughs) right? If you're a couple, the assumption is probably, and we've done it with other people too, but the assumption is like, they're fine. They have their own plans. Like they don't need other friends. Whereas we're always like, but I want to like make friends with that couple. The other thing, and we've dealt with this too, is like, you will connect or click with someone. And then like, I meet the boyfriend or whatever. I'm like, 
fuck this. Like why? Yeah. Like, so it's like, it's trying to find that balance too. And that's the harder part, right? It's like easier to connect one-to-one. You're like, Oh, we get along versus like, we get along and I hope these guys get along, but they might not. <laughs> like it's just, there's so many, there's so many like interconnectivities that yeah. makes it more challenging when you're a couple. I think of like travel couples that we've met together. And, and like the only one that I can really it's think Thailand. of is in Thailand when we were doing our elephant mm-hmm. um, tour, yep. we met a couple from the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, like I still follow her on Instagram. Yeah. And they were like super cool. They were super but cool. It was at the same time too. It's like when, I guess when you're traveling as a couple, you're not looking for other travelers to, to travel with. Yeah. You're often like, well, we have our plans. Like one of us probably has something to get back to. Yeah. So it's a little bit trickier. In that yeah. Case. So I think that's something that like, if you are thinking about traveling and you aren't a couple, it's something that you don't have to really worry about as much. And if you are someone who wants to make friends on your trip, it might be easier to try to connect beforehand. All right. Uh, number seven on my list today is what's the best souvenir you have ever purchased? This is a weird one. It's an interesting question because we're not huge souvenir people. No, we aren't. Because um, we don't have room in our bags. Like we well, don't. Yeah, that, we don't pack to have room that, in our bags. And I also feel like our souvenirs are our photos. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like if anything, and we've talked about making photo albums yeah. of them, but like to me that would be it. I would say the one is I had bought in clothes for our nephew and niece yeah. and then uh, Maya, my cousin, second cousin, whatever. Um, but like, they were like young kids and I know we got them like clothes or I got them clothes, I think in India mm-hmm. and whatnot. And it's just like one of, it is like adorable because you're just like, kind of like they're wearing like very uh, sh- like flashy colors and flam- yeah. like flamboyantly like, um, like attire that you, you just don't see here or, or it's not properly demonstrated uh, culturally, but there it's like, this is the, you know, the means of, of uh, their living for some people. It's like, mm-hmm. we make this and we sell it. And I was like, you know, we bought it from like yeah. street vendors. And anyway, that to me is really cute because anytime I see them wear it, I'm like, all oh, right, like I got to yeah, have a trip. And, I, there. And, and there's also like a weird, it's a weird like bookmark too, to be like, we were on that trip while they were alive mm-hmm. or they were like, you know, they were two yeah. and I, we bought them this. So it's like trying to like yeah. link up our personal and our travel lives. When we first started traveling together, mm-hmm. my big thing was that I always wanted to find a musical instrument for my brother. Mm-hmm. And so I like, he still has like maracas that we bought him from Mexico, Mexico or yeah. Costa Rica or something. No, in Mexico. Cause we bought, it was like our first trip. Bought them. I think we bought them a frog one of those froggy things like we've bought them a couple different instruments but him and his wife are both music teachers and so that just made sense and so it's always fun to be at their house and see it and see the kids playing with it too like it's something that i bought it for my brother because i thought that he would like it but he's sharing it with his family and he's sharing those stories and stuff too which is great number eight Mm -hmm. what is the first thing you do when you get home from traveling um, uh, <laughs> that was like an evil laugh. No, because I think back and I think about literally when we just got back from our last trip, which I know was just to Winnipeg, mm-hmm. but I, I can't remember. I don't know. I'm curious what your answer, your answer is, but mine is taking all of our stuff and emptying it. Mm. And I know that sounds like an obvious thing, but like, I will not, even if we get like, maybe if we get there super late, I'll be like, let's just go to bed. But like, within that night or the next day everything needs to be out of the bag either in laundry or put yeah. away like i love the trip but i'm not this kind of person who's like oh but if we empty the bag the trip's over i'm like yeah like we need the <laughs> stuff in the bag like we brought all this stuff because it's our running shoes and our clothes and our water bottle and our like notebooks and our laptop so i'm just like gotta get this out and put it away like yeah. it's just to me it's like more clutter that we we literally brought contained clutter into our house and we're like now we gotta put it away 
So that to me is like the first thing I do if I'm able to. For me, it's like sleep in my own bed, shower in my own shower. Those are like the two big ones. Shower would happen too. Um, But I was going to say like one of the things that makes getting home easier Mm. is cleaning before you leave. Mm. Well, obviously. Which like I'm not a cleaning person, but it's always nice to come back into your space and have (laughs) it be welcoming and warm instead of like cluttered after you've been in something like on the road and it's been unpredictable and things like that. I remember doing that as a kid, my mom would, would tell me like clean. And I'm like, why we're literally leaving to go for like two mm-hmm. weeks, Ontario or wherever. And she's like, it'll be so much nicer when you get back and your mm-hmm. bed is made and there's nothing on the floor. And it is like, as an adult now, you're just kind of like, Oh God, like I can come home. I can jump <laughs> right in the shower and I can go to bed all within the span of like an hour, half an hour. Yeah, you're not worried And I don't have to be anything. like, we didn't put sheets on the bed. The shower is like without tat, like you have everything yeah. out ready for like, and that's a weird thing to think about like three weeks ahead or four weeks ahead where you're like, all right, I'm going to come back. What am I going to want to do? Is mm-hmm. that. All right. Number nine. Sure. What is the longest road trip that you've ever taken? Uh, it's not much to talk about. Uh, longest road trip would have just been to, uh, to Ontario from, from PEI, which we did a lot growing up. So it was about mm-hmm. a 14 hour drive. Uh, it was 14 hours when we were kids because we'd asked to stop a lot. And then it got down to like 12 hours by the time we were adults yeah. and we were like, fine. But that was it. It was like PEI. We would leave five or six in the morning, Tim's run, bathroom break, stop in Edmonston for lunch-ish, make it through Quebec, through uh, rush hour. And then you would get to Ontario mm-hmm. by dinner time, usually like 6 p.m.-ish. So you'd have a late dinner. So for us, uh, it was probably either when we drove from Kenora out to the West coast, which would have been like four or five days. I actually don't know the exact kilometers, but Winnipeg is, is pretty much uh, near the geographical center of Canada. So mm-hmm. it's, it would probably be about the same amount of time that it would take us to get over here. So that's, that's about two days, right? No, or it's, where? it's three days to, to get coast? from, from my home to here. Yeah. Because it's like a day to get from your home to Toronto, isn't it? Two days. Is it two days to just go down on? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ontario is giant. Uh, but the longest road trip that we've taken together is probably the, the same one. Yeah. From was, Toronto to here. From when Toronto we moved. to here when we moved. That was 15 hours. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. That one we did do in two days though. And but we also had like your dad was driving. And so we didn't like, it didn't feel like a road trip because we didn't have to do any work. We also didn't have, well, we had to pack, but yeah, we didn't have yeah. to drive. He drove. We didn't have to drive. U-Haul, and we didn't have a car. So it was literally like everything's in there. We're driving this U-Haul and we get, yeah. we get home. Yeah. Wow. Uneventful. Maybe we should do a road trip soon. Yeah. I, the only reason I'm hesitant is because of the restrictions in Canada right now with COVID or yeah. like, it's honestly easier for us to go elsewhere than it would be to literally go across the, pro- uh, the yeah. country. Yes, that is true. Anyway. What is the longest plane ride you've ever been on? So when I did, and I, oof, I actually don't know because when we did, when we did Thailand, do you remember, or Vietnam even, do you remember what it was like to get to China? Was that nine hours or something like that? Something like that, nine or 10. So um, when I did India, our first flight out to India, there was a direct flight from Toronto to India. And I think oh. it was between 12 to 14 hours, but it was a straight shot. It was brutal on the legs. That was your first time doing like a long haul flight too, though. Uh, no, didn't we do Thailand before I did India? Uh, yeah, because I did India in like August and we did uh, we did it the same year. Oh, we did Thailand okay. like right, right before that. It was like 14 hours. We did it in one shot and we came back. It was an airline that I think was like an Indian airline or something of the sort. The reason I remember that is because then I remember the, the next time I had to go out to India, there was an Air Canada one that went 
eight or I think it was eight hours to Amsterdam and then break and then eight hours to India. And I preferred that because it was like eight hours on an Air Canada flight. So it had better food, a little bit better service, but it was also, you got eight hours, then you got off the plane, walked around mm-hmm. in the airport, you got right back on and you did another eight hours. Yeah. So it added two plus hours to the trip. But for me, it was like the quality of the flight and the service and the food. And also the break in the middle was yeah. like way worth it than being like 14 hours on a flight where you're like, I can't, I just need, I need to get out. Yeah. And mine would have been Thailand and it was, I liked it. You look at a flight and you're like, oh my God, 10 hours, nine hours. That is so daunting. That's like longer than a work day. That's longer than you would spend at school. Like when you were a kid. Um, and in reality you get onto it and it, it goes way faster than you think it's going to. Yeah. And uh, especially because like, I think the anticipation definitely helps. It does. And I think I've said this before too, is it helps that you have your longest flight first because then you can, you can get settled, you can sleep, you can do whatever. And then the flight from China to Thailand might've been like, I don't know, I'm saying two to five hours. Like it was somewhere, it was a Mm -hmm. fairly low amount. So for us, it was like, once you're on that flight, you're like, we know we're there. We're there. Yeah. Um, and to me, the stressful part, that's another story for another day, but was like just the Chinese airport in general. You're just kind of like, oh my God, are we going to be able to get through this? Are we going to run into issues? Anyway. Yeah. All right. Next up, this one's going to be nice and simple for you. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. What are your top three travel essentials? I'm Here, gonna I'll s- start. Hit me with one and then I'll go and we'll bounce off because maybe that'll help. I was going to say good shoes. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've traveled with not great shoes. Vietnam? Yeah, we learned that the hard way. My first one that popped in my head was my day planner notebook. Because to me, it's like, I, I know I use it for work, but I've easily used it for like, this day, don't forget to do this. Or this day, like, you know, or, and I've used it for like a calculator where I've been like every day, I'll put in like how much money how we much have we left, spend. how yeah. much we've spent and like a tracker. It also helps to like hide money sometimes because you like the notebook I have now has like an elastic over it. So mm. you can like slip money in and it won't come out. Yep. So anyway, that would be my number one essential. What would be your second Oh, um, my journal. I like to journal when I'm on the road, especially like just to keep track of my thoughts. Uh, look at, you know, a couple of years down the road, I'd love to go back and look at our journals from Thailand and Mex- yep. Mexico and stuff like that. And it's just like a, a firsthand account of how I felt and yep. what was going on and things like that. And I really think that that is essential for me. Yeah. Second one, uh, battery pack. Oh phones. yeah. Um, I don't think we've ever traveled without one. I think no. we had it for when we did the Thailand trip and yeah, I got it when I was in, when I was going to Peru. Yeah. So the, it's just like a phone battery, like it's a charger port or whatever, yeah. but it it's so helpful when we literally live off our phones where it's like, that's, that's our map. That's where we book like, yeah. uh, Ubers and stuff. Like it's also kind of nice, uh, when you have something like that, because if you have a, a like a, a couple flights going to your destination yeah. and there are multiple plugins, say at the airports that you're stopping at and mm-hmm. you're, uh, you don't have the adapters for it. Yep. Something like a battery is great. Like you, you just plug just that say, in, yeah, like you hostel, can plug it into that. And you're you get fine. to a hostel and there's no proper plugin yeah. for it. Like you're like, Oh, well at least I have this to charge yeah, my phone exactly. for the night. All right. Number three, oh, do you want to talk gosh. about maybe one of the new things you just got? Oh, I don't. I, yeah. So that no. we haven't used yet. That might be our new essentials. Um, uh, I'm going to go with the packing cubes. Oh, I know. Okay. Yeah. What yeah. were you, what were you thinking? Well, I was thinking either our cutlery set, which we now got an extensive oh, yeah, one I'm and, excited for that. and we got our straw, our drinking straw, which yeah. we now would save us from having to buy bottled, bottled water, water all the time, mm-hmm. which I'm like excitedly nervous for because part of me is like, 
you're telling me I can have tap water and drink it safely. I know, I know. the first trip, uh, the first trip is going to be like the big test we'll to, to see if it, it actually works in case it messes with us. And we're like, Oh, we can't go anywhere. Yeah. But no, I'm really excited for the packing cubes, especially because we travel mostly with our backpacks mm-hmm. um, and they can get pretty disorganized. And so having those packing cubes keeps everything in the same location. Yeah. And if you know what's in which cube, mm. it's easier to find things. Too. It also helps if there's stuff that you're done using. That you can oh yeah, you can dedicate one to like dirty laundry. Yeah, I was thinking too, like uh, wet clothes or anything like bathing yeah. suits, where you're like, oh, we're not going to use this a lot. I'll put this at the bottom, or I'll put it at the top because we have to dry it at our next stop, and so if, we don't want to get everything wet. And what's your? So you are no, saying third, your straw? The straw. Okay. The straw would be my so, essential because we spent a lot. So really, you got six for the price well, of I got three. Three and three. Next one. I know this is going to be a hard one for you. Uh-huh. Um, what is your favorite dish from around the world? Pad Thai. Not no. hard at all. No. You've had a lot of good food. I've had a lot of good food, but I there's nothing like actual pad thai. And I know that's like Americanized. You're like, oh, I can make pad thai, no problem. And like, we've done it. But mm-hmm. I think it was good pad thai and it was street pad thai. So it was just literally like a buck, two bucks. And it was like a full serving of pad thai. And you're mm-hmm. like, holy shit, this is so good. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, <laughs> I thought it was going to be way harder for you than it was for me. But there was some are. good Indian food that I had that I thought was like, that that I still think are like, wow, this was really special or unique mm-hmm. that I tried. But I had also had like deli belly for like here and there. So mm-hmm. like I was like, I, not everything. I was like, oh, my God, this is so perfect. I was like, I'm probably not going to regret it. Do you want to yeah. explain deli belly for anyone who doesn't know? Um, deli belly is like the unofficial term utilized for when you have a certain bacteria that's generally found uh, in. It's not just specifically there, but it happens a lot in India for people who travel in India. Um, it's a bacteria that's generally found in the water. Um, but the problem is, is that the water is used for cooking and stuff. Generally eating food or whatever the case could have it where it affects you. And it just means you need the bathroom a lot more to put it, to put it nicely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what is your favorite airline to use? Air, this is number Air 12. Canada, Air Canada, 35K club. Yeah. Um, it's funny because when we first started traveling and I don't want to go deep into this question cause it's an easy one, but when we first started traveling, um, and when I started traveling for work, I really was like cheapest airline, put me on it, like no problem. Yeah. But then I started realizing with work at least that, and I had uh, people who I worked with who told me this, but they were like, you're going to travel a lot for work, find an airline that makes sense for you mm-hmm. to always fly with or, or use so that you can collect points that you can use their status. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like, well, Canada was like, you have Air Canada, WestJet and Porter. Porter doesn't fly a lot to the U.S., WestJet's hit or miss, but I was like, they don't do a huge amount of international travel. Whereas Air Canada, because it's a part of Star Alliance, there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah, lots of lots of like crossovers. So on a on a professional level, I was like, I will always book Air Canada if I can, or a partner with it so that I get yeah. the points. I I did not learn that very fast, mm. um, but I do fly Air Canada now, and Air Canada is my favorite as well. I no. I do like Porter, but again, you can't fly very far with it. Yeah, but I love Air Canada. Again, 35K flight or 35K club, which is awesome. But I was in the same boat where like when I was traveling for work and I was touring uh, across the US, I would basically tell them like, get me, put me on whatever flight is going to get me there on time and whatever one's cheapest for you. Yeah. Like I wasn't super picky. Yeah. Uh, no, but I look true. back and I'm like, oh man, I could have so many more points, points had I points. stayed with the same one. What's the best Airbnb you've ever stayed at? Good question. Um, we haven't, we, when we traveled internationally, we didn't stay at a lot of Airbnbs. No, not There's really. only one I can think of. And that was at the end of our Thailand trip. The one with the pool. 
that was kind of like an Airbnb. Yep. Like it was an official Airbnb, but it was like a rental. Yeah, it was, I, we found it on the Airbnb website. Oh, we did. Okay. Yeah. So that one is up there. But if you, and if you'd asked me this in early 2020, pre-COVID, I would have said that. But my answer now is the cottage we spent June. I in. was going to say the same. Yeah. It was like one of the first like weekend trips where I actually felt disconnected from like phone and work where I was like, wow, this is actually nice. Like I actually wake up. I don't have to worry about anything. Like mm-hmm. we just like had like shitty coffee and like whatever. And it was just like, it was just like, that was it. Like there yeah. was no other concerns. Yeah. I, I was going to say the same thing and it's because the quality of like the hospitality in it was fabulous. Yeah. I, you know, the, the owners lived close by and they're like, we're coming into town. Do you need us to grab you anything? Which was amazing. Mm. Is there anything missing? Oh, Can we do anything tub. for you? Yeah. There, it, it had a hot tub. tub, but it's also like something really great to point out. If you are someone who has never left your hometown mm. and say you want to travel or have the experience of traveling without going too far, check out Airbnb. There might be some listings around you that you could go to like that aren't far away. You'd still have the comfort of knowing everything else in town, but it would feel like you're a little bit more removed from your everyday life. It might also be a little bit better than a hotel for some people. If it's like, Oh, I don't want just a room with a bed. I want like a kitchen kitchen. and and some places are the same price as a hotel room or maybe a little bit more, a little bit less. So um, yeah, Yeah. it'd be worth it. Okay. Um, How much of your finances do you set aside for travel? This is number 15. Like, I know the answer should just be like, oh, we put this much. Like, mm-hmm. we don't have a percentage. Um, if I were to look at it across the board, I would probably say anywhere between 5 and 10%. Mm-hmm. I would say it's probably closer to 5%. And, and this year has skewed it with COVID because we haven't been able to spend the travel money. Yeah. So we've had to reallocate it. Or in the last two years, we've also put some towards the wedding rather than travel. Yeah. But I would say, I would say if you look at it mathematically, 5% makes the most sense. My question is, do you even know? Because your finances mm-hmm. handle all the day-to-day activities and mine really goes to well, I was travel. Combined, so what I did is I combined our total income and then took a percentage of what you would put towards it. Mm-hmm. And then, and then in addition to that, cause not all of yours goes towards travel, no. but a percentage of it goes. And then I didn't include the fact that we've also moved more purchases onto travel credit cards. Yeah. So arguably it's like 5% of actual money saved towards travel. And then maybe like a one or 2% on uh, points yeah. that we can then allocate towards travel. I, that's a, another really interesting point to make that about like travel credit cards mm-hmm. is that if you want to invest it in your travel anyways, you're going to be spending the money on travel and you're going to be buying things like ho- uh, hotels and flights and whatnot. It's almost worth it to pay the activation fee or the, the service fee mm-hmm. for that $150 or $200 credit card yeah. to get the points where you get like cash back on your travels anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some that, and it's, again, it's a preference. Like there's some people who, who say, Oh, I have a really good cash back credit card. And I use that because it pays my bills. And then because I don't have to pay my bills, I put more towards travel and other people like us who say, well, if we have the cash, we may allocate it elsewhere. So we actually just go for the travel credit card, which also has perks attached to it. So that helps. Yeah. Um, so there are pros and cons. Yeah. Anyway, definitely something to look into or, or like look at your finances and say like, where do I want to put the money? It does vary. And we have different savings. Like we have like in Canada versus the US is very different too. Well, yeah. But we have like long term savings like RSPs and yep. stuff. But if we said just travel, I would say five percent is a safe amount to consider. Totally. All right. This is number sixteen. Okay. And I feel like you may repeat yourself here, but okay. let's see. 
What do you pack in your suitcase no matter where you're going? Well, it's like, because I don't want to repeat myself too much. Like the obvious answer would be like my notepad. Yeah. The other answer would be my laptop. Yeah, I was going to say laptop. Because I don't think we've traveled anywhere without bringing a laptop. That's a hard thing. There are probably times where we would choose to travel and say, you know what, let's not bring laptops. But with our work, who knows? Yeah. So I think I would I would keep laptop like, for the time being. I like having the ability to work while we're away if I have to. Yeah. Because anytime I can make a little bit of extra money so that we can go on another excursion, I would say yes. Uh, this one, my list is nice and long. But uh, number 17, mm-hmm. where do you wish you were right now? I don't know. I guess just anywhere. Honestly, if 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 I had to, if COVID wasn't happening and we were moving and it was like 2021 was normal, 2022, or sorry, 2020 was normal, 2021 was normal. Yeah. I would want to be traveling for work right now. Yeah. Because ideally we would have done our trip in uh, September, October for our honeymoon. Yeah. We would have visited family or done something in, over the holidays, holidays, which we did do, but we would have continued with that. And then at this point, I probably would have been on a project that hopefully would have allowed me to travel somewhere, ideally somewhere warmer in the US. Yeah. Because I did, right yeah. now I'm on a, on a project that is primarily East Coast. I think it's like Massachusetts, New York. Still would have been fun. Actually, wouldn't mind have been there. But anyway, yeah, I would say I would say traveling for work with the expectation that a trip was upcoming. At some I point. would just want to be somewhere warm. Yeah. Like I, I don't do well in the winter. And uh, in a normal year, I like the I like the possibility of going somewhere. Like I like to know yeah. that I have I have that the freedom. The, yeah. the freedom of doing it. Yep. Number eighteen. Did what? you skip seventeen or was that seventeen? That was seventeen. Okay. Number eighteen. What do you love most about traveling? I would say the the break from life, mm-hmm. uh, but replacing them with experiences. Okay. So like a break could be, and that, I guess this is where I've had this discussion with you is like, I don't always want to take a vacation and then sit by a pool mm-hmm. because to me, I'm just taking a break. Yeah. That's just taking a break. But taking a break and replacing it with experiences is me saying I'm not working for a month we're instead of going to travel through Europe as an mm-hmm. example or parts of Asia. Great. We took that, you know, well, you know how I like to be productive. Why not be productive in our travels by actually like doing stuff and visiting mm-hmm. things and, and checking things off the list. Yeah. And it does. And that's the thing the metaphorical list of like just being places. Okay. What's the best experience you had? I would have to say Thailand and Vietnam to some extent uh, because we've done shorter trips or we've done trips while working, but I felt like for both Thailand and Vietnam, it was like, were removed and we've said this before like our three-week method that we do is like great because your first week you're like getting out of the system Mm -hmm. i have people from work who are like last minute emails and we're we're like we're just getting accustomed to things we're getting settled we've planned things out we also know like did we show up and like shit's hitting the fan Mm -hmm. or are we okay and like when a second week you're really getting into it. We're really mm-hmm. enjoying it. We're seeing things. We're getting immersed. Mm-hmm. Third week, you, uh, it's a mixture between being uh, local, being like almost like just a part of the scenery where we're like, mm-hmm. oh, I just go to this market and I just do that. And yeah. I go, and it's also you hitting that, that like limit where you're like, I kind of miss my bed. Mm-hmm. So it's like that to me. And that's where I like that ebb and flow of like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Oh, this is perfect. Oh my yeah. God, we're there and I'm ready to get home. Yeah. So I would say either of those trips, not to pick a favorite, but the experience of going through them with that full cycle. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Three weeks is the perfect time. If you don't have three weeks, then. Uh, Two weeks works perfectly, but yeah, like whatever works. Yep. 
All right. What do you like least about traveling? What do you like the least about traveling changes? Like I can be fully immersed in a trip and then a bad experience happens and you're like, oh my God, this was, I don't, this mm-hmm. was avoidable or, or even unavoidable. This is mm-hmm. terrible. This is the worst. Yeah. To me, it's balancing like the responsible planning knowing side versus like the unknown, just live in it kind of side of things. And it's not that I like it the least, but to me, it's that balance. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes I'll find that I'll be too much in my head and I'll be too like organized and too whatever. And then you'll go, I'll go four days and I'm like, I never enjoyed it because I was too much this. Yeah. Then the flip side is I'm like, oh my God, I'm having the greatest time. Everything's perfect. Like we could be here forever and something bad happens. And I'm like, why wasn't I over here? Being, being cautious yeah. about it like i could it could have been avoidable and then in the cycle so for me it's like i it's and it's going to take time or it takes time in the trip to figure out that medium between yeah. like when are you comfortable versus like when do you need to be in traveler mode and yeah. i guess that's the hard thing is the traveler versus the the, the being a part of it so yeah i think my thing is the thing that i like the least is um unexpected expenses <laughs> you know you plan the trip And you're like, okay, we're staying at this hostel. We're staying at this place. We're going to spend about this much money on food every day. Uh, And then you get somewhere and, you know, maybe your hostel's gone. And now it's like, okay, so now we have to get a new hostel or hotel. And maybe it's outside of our budget and things like that. It's like the, you, you need to plan to have extra money tucked away. And like, don't just, don't just save what you like, don't save an amount and then spend that exact amount, like save money. Like that is the most important thing that I could and if I can, to someone else. if I can add to that, yeah. I think the hardest part for us that we've experienced is that, but it's making the decision of what to do. It's like, we're there, they're offering us something might be great, but it is going to cost us a lot. Mm-hmm. And will it affect the rest of a trip? Maybe. Will it affect us once we're home and now we have to pay that off? Probably. Mm-hmm. But you're also like in that mindset of like, when are we going to get this chance again? This was unexpected. So that I, I get that. It's like, you know, it's on like this taxi took us $50 instead of $20. Like that's <laughs> shitty, but you make it through yeah. and you need it. But yeah, it's when you get those like decisions where you're like, I don't know. All right. So my last question for you, and I feel like this is kind of an anticlimactic question for being number 20, but mm. what is the most fearless thing you've ever done? The most fearless thing was, maybe it sounds like a cop out, but I was going to say it's probably when we went rappelling and like um, in, in Co- Costa Rica. Yeah, Costa Rica, where we did like the rope course. Oh, that was so fun. And we did yeah, like yeah. the zip lining. I wasn't even thinking there. Yeah. That's awesome. That, yeah. To me, that was like, and that, and I guess the thing is, or I'm, I'm arguing is like, it was fine. Like it was, it was an organized course. Like they had people there, but you're also like, I've never been to this country. I don't know their, their standards of safety. <laughs> and you're also whipping across the jungle at like unimaginable speeds. It literally takes like a hook to disconnect. And you're like, well, this tree better be comfortable because yeah. you're going to fall. Like, so to me, that might've been it. Like, I don't think fearless things is like, I signed up for a credit card. It's like, I don't know. Uh, like, what's... I See, my fearless thing was going to be traveling solo after traveling as a couple for so long. That's fair. Yeah. There was a lot of I think debate that's the nicest thing that. is like, when you travel as a couple, you have someone else there to lean on. And when you travel solo, it's all about you. Mm-hmm. And you don't have anyone if something goes wrong they're like they could be a phone call away or something like that but they're not right beside you they're not helping you uh like be level-headed in that moment and things like that so i I, think that was the most fearless thing for me well now on on my end not that it was fearless at all but my end was more just like being that person was like 
she going to enjoy this? Like you want, I wanted you to, Mm -hmm. and I wanted you to get all of it, all of that you can out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to be like, she'll do fine on her own. She'll be okay. Like she'll, (laughs) she'll kill it. Like whatever. But then you're also like, what if she doesn't make any friends? What if she does? Like, it's like summer camp for child. Are you, uh, are you sad that all of it was proven wrong? No, 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 not at all. No, me, but I, but it was like, I also didn't want, like, there was a financial component to it, which we understood, but Mm -hmm. we also understood the risk of like it not being worth it. But I also didn't want you to get your your expectations up and then you show up and you're like, yeah, I didn't really meet a lot of people. They're not really yeah. my kind. They're a little like, they're a little A and I'm a little B. And That's like, the thing. You know, it's so you're like, like, we are very similar people. And when we are together, we have to kind of rein in our us-ness yeah, well, in order yeah. to let the other person take the lead or I was going to say, you versa. find the medium. Like if, you, yeah. if you're like, if you're a, a huge spike in one direction and I'm like a little molehill, then it's like we try to find that balance. Yeah. And so maybe I go up and you go down and it's the same thing, the opposite. Whereas like to your point. When I travel, like I can be all of the, the, the peaks and all of the valleys without having to, to like bring myself down Mm. and like bringing myself down sounds so negative, but I don't mean it in, in like a, I'm bringing myself down. It's like being on the same level instead of bringing myself down, Yeah, just being on the same level. And when there's no one to be on the same level with, you can be yourself to the fullest extent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in the way that like, I didn't have any fears because I like, if I didn't make any friends, whatever, but I knew that with my personality, the people who were going to be attracted to me were going to be attracted to me and I was going to attract the right kinds of souls right. towards me. And those were the people that I wanted to hang out with anyways. It is easier to make friends when you're solo. Oh, definitely. Sure. Well, like just it, for logistically, like it makes sense. Being... You're less intimidating. Or... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And arguably, to your point, it's you're less intimidated by people that you're like, wow, they're like me, or yeah. I get it. Yeah, and I think yeah. I think with the with the the couple and the the balancing, it's 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 also understanding it's you know what what will make it work versus like trying to trying to be like hey, you're like this and I'm like this. Let's both be that at 100%. Because at that point, you're like, you're going to do different things. And we do that at home. Like, we do that with our friends now. We'll, but that's we'll go to a social situation and yeah. like, we don't have to be right beside each other. And when we're not right beside each other, we can both be that explosive personality. And I think, well, that's exactly it is like, if we're somewhere like at home or out with friends. And explosive sounds bad. No, no, no. I think it's perfect. It's because, like, but I think it's exactly that. It's like, you can literally be yourself to a point where you can be like hey i'm going with these guys and we're gonna go get pizza and i'll be like okay cool i'm playing foosball with these guys mm-hmm. and then we'll go home at the end of the night like that's fine yeah we're whereas like fine. when we're traveling there is an aspect of like we can't really split up too too much because like we don't know certain things mm-hmm. and there's some you know so there's always there is that that kind of yeah. you know meeting in the middle to some extent but yeah so i get that i think to your question was the most fearless <laughs> thing you know, it was you traveling alone after all those years. And for me, it was like, and maybe I used the rope course as an example more so, but it was trying to move away from that earlier example where I said I was the planner and the safe one and going into the, I'm no longer living in my head and I'm now able to just like enjoy things without worrying about it. Yeah, That's hard. And that took time too. Like that's, that's not going to come your first trip. It's not going to come like, it's not something that carries over either. Right. I'm not going to be like, remember how I was in Costa Rica? Let's keep that going. I'm going to be like, holy shit, this is a new trip. Like, let me live in this area until I can get over there. Yeah. And so it's like, it's all about being patient with yourself too. Like, Mm -hmm. don't push yourself too far. Like if you don't feel comfortable going that far, don't do that. But, but like, 
dip your toe in the water and experience new things. And I, that's part of traveling. And that's some of the most exciting things about traveling are the yep. scariest things. Yep. So that is, well, it is, it is exactly where, when you've done those like experiences where you're like, holy shit, that was so scary. But you're also like, you know, I, my life wasn't at risk. Like I know I was safe or I did things right, but I still had such an amazing time. Yeah. That kind of sinks in. So that's it. That was, that was 20 questions. So have we convinced you to get off the couch and go traveling? Maybe not this year, maybe 2022. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. Uh, So thank you so much, Andrew, for joining me today. I always love when you join me. You stop by. Yeah. You know, pay a visit to my office down here in the basement, (laughs) walk down all those flights of stairs. If someone wanted to follow you, Mm because you're hilarious. Oh, please. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Where could they find you? Instagram, Andrew G. Martell. Uh, you can you can follow me there, uh, or as always, follow you, Keel on the Road. Makes was, things a little bit easier because that's where I always talk about, or where we post our travel stories. Yeah, I was just gonna say you can stop by and say hello at in, on Instagram at Kayla on the Road anytime. Uh, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't done so already. I haven't. I will be back in two weeks' time for a brand new episode, and uh, until then, happy planning, everyone, and I cannot wait to see you on the road soon.